0: Today on CityCast Denver. A historic preservation fight saved an iconic East Colfax diner from demolition, but now the future of Tom Starlight is uncertain once again. Then we're talking about a local food influencer who got in hot water with millions of her own followers as accusations of cultural appropriation and disordered eating fly. Plus, our picks for your weekend. Today is Thursday, November 9th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. newsletter editor and our resident foodie Peyton Garcia is here. Hi, Pay. Good morning, Bree. And producer Paul Caroli is here with us as well. Hey, Bree. So we're getting ready to go into the weekend, talking about stuff we're going to do and also food news. And we've got some two really different and interesting stories today. Um, I want to start with uh, the Tom's Diner situation, or I'm sorry, the Tom's Starlight situation. Um, (laughs) I know, you can tell how much it's sunk into me that it's not a diner anymore. Um, But this is a Denver institution. It's changing once again. Tom Messina, uh, who owns Tom's Starlight, formerly Tom's Diner, is putting this beautiful old mid-mod restaurant on East Colfax up for lease. Um, But this is the latest chapter in a kind of a long and complicated story. Paul, can you give us the too-long-didn't-read of the Tom's Diner, Tom's Starlight situation?
1: So the story starts in 1967. Uh, apparently, there was a local restaurant chain called the White Spot. Oh, yes. Um, which is not to be confused um, for any Canadian listeners out there who, like me, thought it might be the same White Spot restaurant chain that's very famous in Vancouver. Oh. Um, very important, pirate-themed, white-spot restaurant. It has nothing to do
0: with well, that. Well, you said- Completely <laughs> different. Pirate-themed pirate theme okay yeah. i just i want i'm gonna probably need our old our old denver heads to to chime in here at some point and help me out but i'm pretty sure ours was like a fake fancy place where like the waiters wore tuxedos huh so very I mean, different I'd love to know. very different i'd love to know but it is not that
1: anyway it's such a weird little coincidence of history um but yes it's not that uh so it's at 601 east colfax um you've probably driven past it has this very iconic googie style which, Brie, you probably be better at explaining than I. can. Exa- I don't really yeah, know what ex- Googie is.
0: exaggerated roof lines, very space age oriented design. It's very fifties, very sixties for folks. You see it; it was most common in California diners, but this mm. is one of the few that we had here in Colorado. That style.
1: Yep, one of the few. Um, so Thomasina bought the place in 1999. He ran it as Tom's Diner. It was this like 24 seven late night joint. Um, I'm getting a lot of this from Westward, by the way. They've covered this place for years and years and years. Um, Especially around 2017, which was when this big brouhaha came up, um, a a nimby-yimby fight over housing and development and zoning, um, because Tom, uh, he put Tom's Diner on the market. He he wanted to sell Um, $4.8 million. He said he wanted to retire. A developer came forward. Apparently, they had agreed on these terms. Um, The developer said they were going to build apartments and knock it all down. Then uh, May 2019... I think was when the historic preservationist community was most engaged on this. They stepped in, they were like, should we maybe save this building that's representative of this style? Um, and then, you know, there was this huge fight, you know, city council got involved. Everyone was talking about it, complaining, upset, uh, The the compromise came from Historic Denver, which helped broker a deal with a new buyer, the GBX Group, um, which accepted historic designation status and gave Tom some money to revamp the restaurant into Tom's Starlight, uh, which opened in September 22 after some pandemic delays with a uh, Westward says a 1970s Palm Springs vibe. Uh, according to Tom, when it opened, uh, in the Denver business journal, he says, a lot of people are glad to see it come back and that's why we're keeping it and that it's historic. <laughs>
2: but
0: so is that what Tom go. wanted? I <laughs> think that's, that's, that's really the deepest question. Um, I, I want to get to that, but I, you've been there, we've been there. Mm-hmm. What, what was your take on this iteration of the Tom's of the Tom saga, the Tom Starlight version? What did you think?
2: Well, I'll say that I never went to Tom's Diner when it was Tom's Diner. Although sure, I've sure. heard I've heard very fond memories from you Bree. Um loved it. About it. Uh it was cool though. I thought it was neat. It was this like swanky evening cocktail lounge vibe, very yeah, very Palm Springs 70s. Um cool cocktails, cool mocktails. We went there when I was pregnant and um yes. I enjoyed the hmm. The mocktails and Tom brought us all some freshly baked cookies, which were delicious. Um, the yeah, it was it was cool, but I don't know. We talked to Tom, and I kind of got the vibe that he wanted to be at home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not Paul. running in a swanky evening cocktail lounge. This was something yeah. I think all of us sort of inferred
0: from his body language. But uh, Paul, do you want to talk about that? Well, what we yeah. saw sort I mean, of in Tom's
1: eyes. We knew he wanted to sell the place back in 2017. Like he and wanted to retire. Yeah, he wanted to just. He wanted to be done. It sounded like he was tired, and that's fine. You know, he had this property, um, but then he he agreed to this compromise. And I always had this sense that he didn't want to do it. I mean, he wanted to retire. We knew that. Um, So when we went in there as a team that one night, I I remember asking him very distinctly, Tom, how do you feel? It's reopened. Are you excited? And I remember he said, he shrugged and he was like, I hope people come back. (laughs) I was like, oh man, Tom's diner must've been like something special. And it hadn't been for a while.
0: Well, and I, I think when reading his descriptions of sort of him, him getting. Think about it, you guys. Running a diner on East Colfax from 1999 through the 2010s. That is a long time. You're see, you're seeing a lot. Colfax sees a lot. That guy has seen a lot. Mm-hmm. I think anybody that went to Tom's Diner would know, like myself. It was a, it was full of characters, good and bad. Situations, good and bad. It could be a little bit stressful, and I could see where this man was ready to retire. And instead he was handed a whole new restaurant concept, which does feel a little bit like a nightmare. If you think about it, like I'm ready to retire now. And someone's like, psych, here's a yeah, whole new project. And like,
2: I kind of wish he could have gone out on like a high note, like go out on writing the coattails of like Tom Steiner's yeah. success. But instead now he has this um, cocktail lounge, which honestly, it kind of sounds like did not do great or did not do the numbers they wanted it to do which is part of the reason that they're leasing it if i'm for sure understanding that correctly right well because think about you guys were also in a post
0: or you know the the post the height of the pandemic world where we've been watching restaurants deal with this for the last three years i imagine that's part of this whole story too is he's trying to run a, a restaurant in a in a pandemic world
1: I, and I looked into this. Technically, Gbx owns the the, the building now, which is what the historic oh, okay. preservationists were fighting over. And it is that historic preservation; it is still valid. I think they're probably it just going to be yeah. looking for someone new to take over the lease. Um, I emailed Gbx. I haven't heard back yet about what their plans are, who they who they think they might lease to, or what else might happen there, because they still have the option to develop in the parking lots behind the behind restaurant it. but also mm-hmm. then you're taking away parking from this restaurant and was that part of the problem i don't know yeah. it sounds
2: like to me based on the business den article that i read that uh a restaurant is going to go back is going to go into it likely under a new name and concept
1: i mean it'd be very expensive right, to yeah, do anything right. else
2: but I'm just like, did we have to do this whole charade the last year for Tom? Why <laughs> like, couldn't Tom have just I mean, I don't really understand why he agreed to the Tom Starlight thing to begin with. Um why why couldn't we have just put a new restaurant in from the from the start of this whole thing? But I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Bree, why do you think that yeah. happened? I I don't know I'm assuming it's something to do with the business side of it or something that made more sense for him profitability wise mm-hmm. because again he was trying to retire. When you're trying to retire you're trying to take your your assets or your you know what you've invested in and and take that and be able to live and so maybe in some capacity that was a better deal for him. Um I uh, I honestly I just wish it would become a diner again. <laughs> we need diners so bad. We need a 24-hour diner so bad. So <laughs> I would love to see that happen.
2: Well, here's to hoping it becomes a diner. And here's to hoping Tom gets the retirement he's always dreamed of.
0: This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. best part is pine melon offers same day delivery to denver and soon boulder within a two-hour window no subscription necessary save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door join the movement and support local today use promo code citycastdenver for 75 dollars off your first delivery at pinemelon.com that's pinemelon.com our next story Shifting totally, shifting gears, uh, we're talking about a local food influencer. She's based out of Silverthorne, who, according to the New York Times, has gotten herself into some hot water. Um, Peyton, who is
2: Tegan Gerard, and what is Half Baked Harvest? Um, so Tegan Gerard is, yeah, so she she operates something called Half Baked Harvest, which is, from what I understand, like a a social media handle and. She, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I know that that's what she operates under, and she posts recipes online, like on Instagram and TikTok and stuff. Um, Those like really popular, easy to do um, recipes that are all the rage right now. Um, She's also penned a couple of cookbooks that have uh, had pretty great success. Uh, And after reading the New York Times article, I learned that she's Red Gerard's sister. Yeah, that was an interesting detail. But
1: what is he a snowboarder? A
2: snowboarder. Uh huh, yeah. an Olympic, an Olympic snowboarder. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've heard her name. I've heard Half Baked Harvest because, I know a lot of people who follow her online. I know my husband, um, follows her and has, you know, taken a couple of her recipes. Um, I think she's a pretty big deal. Hmm. I, she even got over the pandemic. She got, um, a lot of celebrities who were, kind of endorsing her stuff and. So yeah, she's, she's got she really like five million followers. yeah, she made it big. Hmm. her Her latest cookbook was on the New York Times bestseller for like it was something crazy, like thirty three straight weeks or something. Wow. Wow. Hmm. So yeah, she's kind of a big deal. But theres some
0: controversy, which is kind of what the New York Times was focusing on. Uh, Paul, do you want to do you want to explain what the controversy is with the half baked harvest situation?
1: Yes, uh, it seems multifaceted to me, um, but uh, I think it boils down to her getting a lot of uh, angry comments from her own followers. Uh, I'll quote from the New York Times, Gerard has also become an unwilling lightning rod for controversy entangled in issues that have galvanized the food world in the last decade, including cultural appropriation, intellectual property, body shaming, privilege, and racism. Um, on the appropriation front, uh, she has called tacos with pineapple Hawaiian and noodles with honey and peanut butter Chinese. Apparently some of her followers were also upset. She posted a dish she called pho, but had nothing like it wasn't the the Vietnamese noodle soup. It was just something else. Um, NBC news even reported on some up, like one of her <laughs> posts, I think because people were <laughs> upset that she called something a "bon me rice bowl. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I think we've seen this before, right? Like someone someone gets into hot water and their own fans turn on them. Is is there more to it? Do you all see more there?
2: Pay hey, what do you I think. I feel I feel really bad for her. I think that the, this this got me all worked up because I don't know, people are just it sounds to me like it's a bunch of people who are safely hiding behind their keyboards and ha- have, you know, just want to have something to say just want to have mean things to say so so there's this piece in the new york times that i'll quote for you guys it says on reddit where her staff cannot moderate conversations anonymous commenters published detailed theories about her motivations and her inner demons to a weekly snark thread dedicated to her in october Jeez. members of the foodie snark subreddit monitored geotags in chicago to track how many fans showed up at a promotional appearance for her new pumpkin spice candle Like, that's just a whole new level of extra. And they're, like, always, I guess, commenting on, like, her body weight and saying, like, she's so skinny. She must have an eating disorder. Like, how are you going to put out all of these recipes when you're clearly freaking anorexic? It's just horrible. This this bothered me so much because this, at, at first,
0: this was just purely conjecture or what people are saying This is not real. And as a person with a partner who's a very thin person naturally, who eats all kinds of foods, people judge him a lot on whether or not he gains weight. And I saw that in this experience for her. And I thought, what's wrong with people that this is the kind of conversation you're having about somebody? And I'm with you 100%. I, this to me, this story was a nothing burger. I saw somebody reporting on online snark. This is like shade room stuff but it's on the new york times it made no sense to me whatsoever because most of it's just unfounded or commentary it's based on like the comments that, or i want to go back to this conversation about appropriation yeah me she too she called tacos with pineapple hawaiian and noodles with honey and peanut butter chinese okay not cool i get it are we going after every pizza place that has a hawaiian pizza no that's
2: my thing too i i yeah I don't know. That, I, it, why that is she harsh. the lightning rod?
0: Yeah. Why is she the it's just like she's popular right now. She's doing, she's, she's a business and she's making money and it makes people mad. And also, I follow her and I follow a lot of different recipe um like Instagrams. She's not much different from most of the other ones I follow. <laughs> like, not to say she's not special, but like I nothing ever stuck out to me as like, ooh, that's in bad taste, or like, ooh. She's just like everybody right. else. It's like so, it's so
2: unintentional. I mean, sure, mispronunciation of of certain terms, that's that's too bad. And I don't, I don't know, like you said, I think the Hawaiian pizza thing is such a good point. I I mean, I I'm somebody who's who, you know, considers himself a foodie and and likes to try all these different cuisines from different cultures. And do you know how many times I've probably mispronounced stuff? And like if I had somebody you know writing in to behead me every time i did that like it's completely unintentional and i don't know what That's do you think paul gate-keep-y. yeah I, paul I don't what do you
1: my think? my mind is racing on this i it's a tough one I, it's a tough one cuz i i also feel sympathetic to her in this like as someone who loves experiencing other cultures through food and and trying new things and you know, that's one of the joys of life for me. Um, so I, how could I begrudge her for doing the same thing and learning about pho, even in her small way? But I think that's the problem is that she doesn't seem to be improving at least if I can put myself in the, in the fan, in the fans perspective. Um, but even there, I don't really know. I don't follow her. Although I do now And the videos are immaculate. She is so good at doing the visuals like, wow. Um, I think something what I always come back to with situations like this is um, where's the harm? Where's the harm that she's causing? Can I name it? Can I identify it? And with this case, like I struggled and maybe you all can see something I'm not. But I think like, so someone's searching on Instagram for a recipe for pho, you know, and they say pho and then her video pops up and it has nothing to do with pho. That person then has this mistaken impression and maybe they'll, they'll get (laughs) into trouble or, or maybe she's taking away a click from someone who would be serving uh, a more traditional pho that would be a better use of the the person's time searching on Instagram. But honestly, I mean, it's, I can, it's a stretch. That's my my best effort. The, yeah. the
2: only credit I'll give is there's a line. Um, it was uh, someone it, someone in the New York Times article they quoted who I think she writes about restaurants and, and bloggers and whatever. Um, she says, why does she, referring to Tegan Gerrard, why does she get a seat at the table when there are so many people who actually know this stuff? Because People were commenting saying like she doesn't like her recipes are not particularly like unique or challenging. Um, She clearly has some ignorance around these other these like other cultural cuisines. So a lot of people are saying she only is where she's at because of her wealth and privilege, which.
1: That's just so clearly not true. If you look at the account, like the the photos are immaculate. It's obvious why people like it. Yeah, they are beautiful.
2: Yeah. And she's done this for like 10 years. What table?
0: She's not out here promoting cultural appropriation. She's not Mm -hmm. on a she's not at a podium spouting what she believes is authentic cuisine from somewhere. She's making recipes on Instagram. Like (laughs) I don't I that part that that was the quote too. pay that really struck me because I was like, where show me? Show me the show me the. I mean, sure, she has five million followers, but you know what? Have you guys ever seen Mr. Beast on YouTube? That guy's worthless. Yeah, he gave and me $10,000 once. He, he does the weird charity what? stuff for clicks. That's oh, his it's thing. terrible. He's, he makes videos where but he I'm just away saying, money. like. He's out here doing nothing and he also has millions of followers. So right. why are we randomly picking on this one influencer who happens to be a young white woman from rural Colorado? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just, this was, I, I I told Paul, I said I was surprised that the New York Times greenlit this piece that some editor said this was worthy of writing about because I, I found it to be a whole lot of nothing.
1: I, I disagree. I think this is a story. I think it's a story because this is what, Pop culture is now. Someone who's very popular on Instagram, who does Instagram really, really well, has created this platform. She has all these followers and they are talking about the issues that matter to people in our world right now through but her. She's, not- she's the subject, but she's really the spark. Like, I love how they actually wrote this sentence Gerard has become an unwilling lightning rod for controversy. It's not really about her. I mean, she's bearing the brunt of the criticism and the body shaming stuff that's different for me the, but the it's co- it's conversations about her and i think that's okay mm. or it's it's conversations yeah. about yeah, these issues and i think it's okay that it's happening in a forum dedicated to her
0: I think it's weird.
2: I think it it's can just be—it can just be so dangerous. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, Paul, and I think the internet—you you can't control the internet. You can't control internet trolls. So, like these conversations are going to happen no matter what. And hopefully, she just does a, a good job, and her people do a good job of shielding her from that. Um, but it's just—it's just so dangerous. The internet can be such a nasty place.
0: Yeah. Let us know what you think, listeners. Are you a follower of Half Baked Harvest? Is this something that struck you, or? Maybe there's other recipe bloggers you follow out there that seem more controversial. I don't know. I'm so curious. Maybe in the larger world, there's there's more context we're missing. But give us a call on the News You Can Chew hotline at 720-500-5418. Again, leave us a voicemail with your name, neighborhood, and, and your thoughts on uh, half-baked harvest in the world of uh, food bloggers at 720-500-5418. At the end of this Thursday show, we share our picks for your weekend. Um, Each of us has prepared something personal, a recommendation, an event, a new restaurant, something fun to do, and we wanted to share it with you all for this upcoming weekend.
2: Uh, Peyton, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, So this weekend, I would like to hit up a farmer's market because it is, I think, quite likely the last weekend Uh, we could do farmers markets and i know a lot of them have closed but there's a couple here up here in boulder county um there's one in longmont and one in i think lafayette that are still open um and as far as our denver peeps the south pearl street one is still open this weekend um which i've heard from lizzie goldsmith uh one of our producers here who uh, lives in that area that that's a really cool one to go to. Oh, it's I think huge. it's only open this weekend. It's yeah, enno- maybe. It's,
1: it's, I think maybe my favorite farmer's market in the city, Pearl Street. It's well, there the
0: you go. One. I've heard great things. I've never been to it, but my, do- my doctor's office is in a little house on Pearl Street and there's always signs for it. And I'm like, oh, I should come back down here when they're having it.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really popular one. And I, they're doing it for only two more weekends, I think, this weekend and then I think the one after that. Um, but it very may well be your last chance. The weather should be decent. It's going to be like 60 and sunny. Um, so this is your last shot to go out and enjoy a, a good old farmer's market day. Uh, stock up on all that good fall squash to make some soups with. Ooh. Some fall squash soup. That's what we like to use our squash for. That sounds great, Pay. I like that idea. A nice stroll in a farmers market.
0: Last good, good weekend of the season. Um, Paul, what about you? Uh,
1: sh- well, I've got, um, <laughs> um, I got movies <laughs> on the brain, Bree. I'm in the mood for movies with the Denver Film Fest happening this oh, last right. week or so. Um, I have not made it to any screenings, but I'm, I'm hoping maybe Saturday night is the one. I'm on the wait list for the closing <gasps> night uh, screening of ISS. Uh, which is a, oh. a drama about the International Space Station. It's gotten some awards buzz I've been reading about. Um, it stars, in my opinion, the world's greatest actor, Chris Messina. Um, and this <laughs> is, it's at the DMS Infinity Theatre so who's get christmas
0: see. cena oh yeah, I christmas don't
1: know. cena i mean he's like one of the he's a, he's a he's average looking white guy mostly but he was in that movie julie and julia that i think i'm in the minority of actually liking quite a bit and his eating his on-screen eating in julie and julia was incredible so you know maybe they'll get him some zero g astronaut food or something in that movie i don't know i want to see it i want to see what he does with that
2: what an interesting take paul you also know Christmas Cena,
1: Peyton? Play- Christmas scene is the best. No, He's great.
2: I just like that you can point to the fact that you really like his on-air eating it's, or his on-screen eating. Oh, it's a eating. thing. I'll give you my list. Now my to top Google five
1: it. on-screen eating performances sometime.
2: Okay. Watching other people
0: eat, does not make you uncomfortable, Paul?
1: Well, most of the time, sometimes. In real life, I don't I don't really mind. But on in movies and TV and stuff, they never actually eat. And you can tell, because like they do so many takes, they're not going right. to eat like a million hot dogs, but not Chris Messina. He, he went to town.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I, but I do like your plug for the film fest. It's still going on. It's a really awesome thing that happens here in Colorado. I mean, famous people, (laughs) famous people come to Colorado for it. It's a big deal. And I'm, I'm always a fan of the after parties. So they always have great after parties, great music. It's just nice to hang around and meet people. So that's well, still going on.
1: Well, if I can't get into that screening, you might still see me at the after party. That sounds pretty fun. Just
2: go hang out at the after party. That sounds good. What do you got, Bree? What are you doing this weekend?
0: Cat fest.
2: <laughs> Cat fest? I never would have ever i know
0: i know i know what you're thinking i am not a cat person i'm a cat neutral person i would say i like cats but um i went to cat fest last year because my friend jamie's band koyon kitten was playing they're like a cat themed band Hmm. and i I remembered how much fun it was and i came across this listing and i was like oh cat fest is happening again and like it's it's interesting to me it's people watching there's a lot of people with like cats and backpacks and like cats and fancy outfits. And it's just a lot of it's a lot of cat people. But also they have adoption booths. Um, they have a Hello Kitty bounce house. They have a panel <laughs> where you get up and tell your story of the most annoying cat. Um, there's a cat <laughs> video cafe. <laughs> the am uh, the, shocked. The, the celebrity MC is Miss Priscilla Posley who's like an Elvis <laughs> a Priscilla Presley this cat is happening in Denver? person? When is this? Yeah. It's this weekend. It's it's on Sunday at the National Western Expo Hall.
2: I did I saw a lot of it. I saw um <laughs> A lot of posts for it too when I was looking for weekend events and I, I never in a million years would have thought that would be your recommendation, Brie But I bet you people fun. would see producer Lizzie Goldsmith there. Oh for sure. A, a cat fanatic.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. She's probably getting some outfits for Toothless. I'm her sure cat. but it's honestly it's super fun. It sounds weird. I don't know. I like you know, part of me is like I'm a I'm an observer of the human of humans. And I love seeing people in their element and I love seeing people in their community and around their people. And it's just like when people really let their, their freak flag fly. If you're a cat person, this is like where you, you're going to see all your people. And I respect that. I don't know. I love fandoms. I respect fandoms. So I think that Cat Fest is, it's worth it whether you're a cat person. I mean, if you're not a cat person, probably don't go. But if you're, if you're a cat curious person this is a good place to start (laughs) all right i like it there you have it those are our weekend picks um we have more as always every day in the newsletter at denver.citycast.fm you can subscribe to hey denver and peyton gives us great picks every day of the week uh peyton
2: paul thank you so much for joining me yeah this was great
0: thanks
1: for see you next time
0: that's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Tegan and Gerard about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Maybe you're cat curious. I don't know. I don't know.